Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I've got the guy who uh, heads the project, Holy Pinto, indie pop uh, band that uh, just dropped a new single. It's called Bully, in addition to uh, their album that just came out this earlier this year. It's called Adult. You can find it streaming everywhere. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, about Malort, about the Highbury Pub in Bayview, where he likes to hang out, and where I also first saw him, and uh, why he does what he does. So, Eamon, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit hungover. Are you? <laughs> Speaking of Malort, like, so last night, I went over to my friend Jeff's place, who works at Lakefront Brewery, mm. and he had a few of the Black Friday beers that they do, and okay. people, like, queue up for in the cold at, like, 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he had a few of them, because he works there, and he was like, let's do the Black Friday beers. I was like, yeah, sure. They were, they were 18%. Like, Holy they were, like, shit. between 14 and 20%. I was having, Jesus. I was like, this is brutal God. like we started like 5 30 p.m and by 8 p.m i was like <laughs> so actually i'm not that hungover because i sobered up before yeah. bed so which is the least favorite thing in the world yeah no yeah, that's pretty brutal i um yeah like when you drink early enough in the evening where you start really kind of feeling like the uh, the lethargy like sort of like late night but at least i'd, I'd rather deal with that than having to deal with it the next morning you know Right, no, I wouldn't. No, I prefer the next morning. Oh. I, I just, I don't know, like 8 p.m. when we were dead. Like, 8, I'll have a PBR at 5 p.m., right? Okay, but yeah. if you have a 18%, like, it's like a bottle. Like, not a, like, I guess, do you call it long neck? Is that what country songs call it? Tall boys, right? Like, like the bottle, though. Oh. But, like, bigger. Oh, okay. Like, a kind of German style large one. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like one of that. And about. we had three, and just, I was dead. It was 8pm and I was like, we're really hungry. So we got a pizza, like Domino's had a deal on, oh, but like nice. large pizza, any toppings. So I went on the website. Is this of any interest to you? Cause uh, of course it okay, is. So, I love Domino's, uh, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Everyone criticizes it. It's like, my favorite fast food pizza. I like, oh, it's, it's better than Papa John's. It's better than, uh, you know, Little Caesars. I'll even take it over Toppers. You know, Domino's. Oh, I is, hate Toppers. <laughs> I don't like Toppers. It's so greasy. It is the greasiest. Oh yeah, I can't. But Domino's is great, and there's a reason it's like the biggest pizza chain yeah. in like the world because yeah. it's good. It is really good. So I got the Wisconsin six cheese okay. from there, and I added double pepperoni. Nice. But then when you customize the cheese, I doubled a lot of the cheeses. Okay. So I doubled the like Parmesan, as you said in America. Oh, nice. We said Parmesan, but I'll go Parmesan. Sure. Sure. Um, Asiago <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah. And I ended up with essentially a. Wisconsin nine cheese pizza with double pepperoni. Damn, it was the loaded. true I hate myself pizza. There you go. Yeah. And then yeah. That sounds absolutely loaded. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nuts. I don't know whether it was a good evening or a bad evening because oh, okay. I don't usually enjoy getting drunk by 8 p.m. and then eating a massive pizza and feeling uh, terrible. So, you know, uh, those those evenings are yeah, they're they're hard to come by myself. I usually I well for one. Like eighteen percent in a beer is ridiculous. I've never, so never tried a beer with that much uh, percentage. Um, <laughs> maybe you should start. Maybe I should start. Maybe I should go to Lakefront Brewery on Friday nights. Or yeah, Thursday, Thursday. I actually haven't had a Domino's pizza in a long time. I used to get it in college all the time because it was like right there. But I love the aroma 
of a do- of Domino's. Like right. walking by it, it's it's the best. It reminds me of honestly like being a kid when my mom used to get Domino's for us when like my sister and I when they were like uh, going out for the night and we would just be we'd have the house to ourselves. We'd always get a Domino's pizza. It's, yeah, nostalgic. Right for me, it's like Saturday like. In England, we have like the soccer highlights match of the day. It's yeah. on like ten thirty PM on a Saturday. Like one of my ideals is like eating a Domino's during that. But I don't get them much, but it's great. Like mm. when you do, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, so the first time I saw you, as I mentioned earlier, was uh, at the Highbury Pub down in mm-hmm. Bayview at. Uh, it was the day before the 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, and that was a fun show. Yeah. Um, we ran into our good friend Justin Barney, who came in to, uh, to, to see the show. He talked to you up a lot because I hadn't seen you before. Um, shout out to Justin. Also, shout out to Anthony Massans. Oh, I love Anthony. He's Great awesome dude. dude. Yeah. 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 He's killing it. He's like doing the the kind of grassroots, like, college, like, building how I love that shit. Yeah, well, we need that right now. Our music scene needs that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a nice organic thing. We're actually setting up a show in February or something. Oh, tight. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, tell you then, I heard a little bit about your story uh, coming to the States. so I guess that's I guess where we can uh, where we can get started with this journey. Um, so I guess like so um, you are from the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, what part uh, are you from? I'm from Canterbury, which is like a tiny city. It's like forty thousand people city. I think it's only really called a city because it has like a cathedral, oh, which really? is like one of the criteria apparently. Oh. And it's also like quite a historic one. So I think it's considered a city, and there's like city walls. But it's small. Like it's not a city. Oh, word. There's no skyscraper. There's no U.S. Bank. Sure. Milwaukee skyline. It's like what we would call like a village. Yeah, it, it has that kind of fit. <laughs> yeah, no. I, honestly, it's barely a city. It's more sure. of a town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, word. Um, is it uh, near a bigger city, or is it kind of like? It's kind of out there. Actually, it's not like a. There's no. The biggest big city is London nearby. It's like right. about an hour and a half drive. I see. So it's not too far. It's kind of like. Yeah, you know what? Like uh, Chicago to Milwaukee is kind of the same oh, okay. distance yeah. and thing, but yeah, sure. that makes sense. Um, yeah, like um, I'm actually from the Chicago area. I'm from the suburbs, um, so you know, yeah, Chicago's like you know as massive as it gets to on the scale of like a big city to me. But Milwaukee's kind of like. Some people can call Milwaukee, like, Milwaukee and Chicago part of the same, like, metropolitan area, because, right. like, because they're not that far away, but Milwaukee's like a small Chicago in a lot of ways. Um, I think so, and it's weird because like, back home, like, a lot of people don't know what Milwaukee is. It just, yeah. you know, it's not like, <laughs> like, you know, if you're from right. abroad, it's like, okay, you know, New York City, L.A., and like I think behind those two, everyone knows those, right? right yeah. People don't even know what like national is. Oh yeah, exactly. you know. But it's like, right. oh, they're not like Miami because of right. like, Will Smith. Or yeah, yeah. You know, or like, but Milwaukee's not like an international city. Like no, Chicago but Chicago is. is. So I always just say I live near Chicago because it's easier, you, you know. Like so, yeah. To to I know people from Milwaukee don't like that. <laughs> I, but I often I'm like, yeah, it's basically a suburb. Of Chicago. That's funny. <laughs> I do the same. Well, I do the same thing though because a lot of people don't know my suburb in Chicago. So I just say I'm from Chicago. Sure. Because there's no point in trying to like pinpoint the exact little like nook of the area right, right, that I'm right. from, you know. Yeah. 
Sure. So I guess uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, your uh, beginnings of playing music. When, how long have you been playing? When did it become a creative outlet for yourself? Oh, damn. Okay, so like actual writing of songs didn't come to way later. Uh, but I started playing drums when I was like quite young. I was like nine years old. Sure. Um, I kind of dabbled in it. Like you were kind of encouraged to learn one instrument at school, which is yeah. awesome. They like a primary school or whatever. And uh, mm -hmm. I like, yeah, I took on drugs. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. You get to hit things. Yeah, right. It's like a no brainer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did that. And I, I did it like in forced class environment for mm -hmm. like a year or two. And then I kind of just lost interest really. So I stopped doing it. But then when I was 13, I started getting into like, rock music you know like right. Foo Fighters Blink-22 all that stuff yeah, the, the angsty stuff yeah. yeah right and and then like uh, two of my friends uh, who I'm still pretty close with uh, two of my friends like they also got into it but they were like okay for this Christmas I'm gonna ask for like a starter guitar and a starter bass and mm -hmm. like we need a drummer and I'm like I'll do it you know nice. I played I played drums right. and, everyone, and they were like yeah, Eamon's actually a real drummer I was like not really. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I was the only one who had started, you yeah. know, and they both became great musicians, like 100%. So it's cool to see that, but Inception. But yeah, so we started a band essentially out of not really being a band, and we just did like Nirvana covers. Nice. And like some songs we couldn't even get to like the chorus. Oh. Was, like, <laughs> yeah, but we yeah. did like the Come As You Are right, loop right. for like an hour. You, it, like any, any like uh, version of a gig back then is like you. You practice to play one song at like a talent show or something. Yeah, no, literally that's what we did. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. We did like an Offspring song. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was the thing, and yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I started music, and then I just like was so into it, you know. And nice. I was drums of that band, and then like I realized Dave Grohl can play guitar and drums. And I was like, he how can. is this possible? Yes, because we were like modeling ourselves in like the classic Nirvana three piece. Yeah. So I was like, sick. I guess I've got to like try and learn guitar, and then I started playing that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess like how would that develop into what would become like uh, playing in bands that as you grew older, like Holy, how did Holy Pinto form out of your uh, evolution as a, as a musician? Right. Um, so I think like I just kept, I was more of a bedroom musician. I didn't really play in that many bands. I occasionally did or like at high school talent show type things. Like if people, like I remember one concert in particular, it was like, they needed a guitarist for the whole show. I was like, I'll give it a go. I can do it. Yeah. And like, I eventually did, you know, but I was like kind of underqualified. But then there were other bands that I was like, I could play drums for you for a little bit. So I dabbled a bit, but I wasn't like in a band band mm -hmm. um, because that band we started when we were 13, it was like the bassist went to a different high school after. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, I still kept in touch, but we didn't have that kind of seeing each other all the time. Um, yeah, so then, I don't know, I always did music. I think like when I was like 17, I had a real big like, songwriting kick where it was not about guitar riffs and drum like yeah. I like I went through a 14 year old I was like all I wanted to do is play like a Metallica solo that was all <laughs> I wanted you know um, I remember one summer I just buckled down and tried to learn nothing else matters and to me that was like the coolest song in the world oh, yeah. and uh, yeah no then I started I heard um, I always I, I genuinely still think this uh, the the format album there's a band called The Format and they did an album oh, yeah. with Dog Problems sure. um, and it was the singer who eventually became Nate Roes who eventually became Fun oh, yeah. like they did that album and then they broke up and then five years later or six or seven even they had a 
the song, you know, like yeah. the fun song, yeah, We Are Young. Yeah, yeah, right. But I always thought he was a great writer. That album was really cool. It's like a concept album. It's really indie pop influenced by like kind of 70s, like ELO and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just was like, whoa, you can write now. It was like Teenage Heartbreak album, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. at that time, you know, right. it hits. And it was just like song after song. It just, it had this kind of narrative arc and it had these moments where it came up and was loud and then it came down and was, mm-hmm. and I was just like, shh. I want to be, like I want to write songs, you yeah. know, and then, yeah, and then basically it didn't come till later. I'm really an, an 11th hour person in life where I don't do anything unless it's urgency. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I just yeah. don't, and I, I have, I like my challenge in life, my daily challenge is creating urgency. I feel like because yeah. otherwise I'll yeah. do nothing. You right, know? right, right, right. But um, I like knew Ryan, who was my original drummer. We started the band together. Um, I knew him from high school, but we never played music together. Weirdly. Um, until like uh, my college degree I went to college it was three years and uh, it was nothing music related and it was like um, two months before we finished and graduated I was like what do I want to do kind of thing and freaked out I was like the only thing that I really wanted to do was music I didn't know how I was going to try or even but it was like right I'll start a band it's like okay so I got drunk and played PlayStation and scraped through my classes for three years when I could have been <laughs> like we could have been three years yeah. deep and then we were at high school together we could be ten years deep by that yeah. point you know yeah. yeah but yeah then we started and it was just like oh shall we need an album mm. like, got a, it was like such a prolific period of writing because it was just like oh like, we need songs to do the thing and it was just like buckled down mm-hmm. so I'm trying to create that every day you know that feeling yeah. and like creative especially where it's like yeah I just see. So that was like, yeah, sure. So that was sort of the um, your response to the impending crisis of not knowing what the fuck you're gonna do with your life after school. Yeah, I think so. And like yeah. my true north, like yeah. it's like you kind of just have this thing that it's just yeah. like oh, yeah. you know, kind, or yeah. maybe you don't know, but then you realize after a few years, like oh, that was what I've always just—it's always been there. And yeah. I think that was—that's what I was calling. Yeah, it, so. for sure. I feel like I've always created urgency with myself too. Cause like, I'm not going to like, it's like, I'm not going to do something unless like my mind sets itself to doing it and like kind of convincing myself that I have to. Um, otherwise like, you know, it's a small example, like the dishes, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do the dishes like unless like, um, there's, unless I develop some sense of urgency for it. Like, if I like just kind of like put the thought in my mind, okay, I am gonna do those today. Like I have to block out some time to do it, otherwise I'm literally oh, never what? gonna do uh, it. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it's and like that's just a small example, but that's also how I do it with like when I started the show or when I decided that I was gonna go to like you know put myself out there more in the Milwaukee music scene, do the break and entering stuff, you know, like go to this event or that event, like, setting my mind to it and knowing that, like... Oh, would you say you compartmentalize it? Yes. Yeah. Like, I've got this block of time to do this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, interesting. I've been told that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm yeah. more like, I have four plates, they're all dirty, I need another plate to eat dinner. <laughs> now, now it gets washed. Like, that's kind of more yeah. like, I need the urgency, oh, I need a plate now. So, For I've sure. been told that that is a great way to do yeah. it. And we... You, um, you've obviously got a schedule where we talked about doing this like two months ago mm-hmm. and that's pretty rad like yeah. hats off to you like I guess I assume you have someone next week 
I have a th I have three more episodes today. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, oh, so this is your day. This is, this my is day. podcast day. This is what I do today. Yes. Wow. Yeah, cool. man. I fit it in. I mean, honestly, I fit it fit episodes in whenever I have time to. You know, when I'm not working or whenever I don't have other plans, uh, might as well fill it up with episodes. I really started cramming them in like this past month. Yeah. I should have like a writing day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you should. Something. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm just like oh, I'm gonna do a little bit each day, yeah. but it's I don't think it will, I don't think I can get in the swing of it truly. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I, f I think that that helps me sort of like yeah, compartmentalizing helps me get more done. Like instead of it gets it helps me focus on one thing rather than so many different things at once because like. That's when my anxiety will start spiraling. Is when I have like all these different things to you do. You just don't know where to start. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I get that. That's why I try to delegate certain days to do certain things, or if like I have this hour of time to get something done, you know, do the dishes, do laundry, you know, shower, you know, go to go get groceries. What you know, it's like I have to fit it in at some point. So I might as well fit it in this block of time where I'm not doing anything else. There's well, no I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start like setting aside like, I mean, tomorrow I'm going to the highway to watch the soccer and we're right. actually shooting a music video and also I'm going to get drunk. So Perfect. maybe Sunday Very is ideal. just a day where it's like, okay, Sunday's writing day. Yeah. yeah so I think that, that could be there you go. thing. Even just like one evening is dedicated to this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, you know, there yeah, you I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give that a go. I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So, uh, yeah, you dropped, Congratulations was your first record yeah. that came out uh, three years ago. Yeah. Um, damn. Yeah, damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I guess like, because that was, you dropped that when you were still back home. Mm -hmm. And then what would, what would happen next after that that would eventually lead to you deciding to come here? So we, we actually toured behind that record in America. Um, we actually had a lot of help and support from two labels especially in America that I just thought well, I don't really know why but they wanted to like put out stuff and help out and one was like called Get This Right Records which is a hardcore label based and I say hard, it's a hardcore label okay. based in um, John the owner would like to think it was more diverse than, well he signed us so uh, but it's like mainly like a hardcore label sure, and sure. some of the bands on that big and hardcore like there's a band called like Jesus Peace that were on that oh album. yeah I've heard of yeah them. right they're yeah. a big hardcore band and then there was another one like or a couple Full of Hell but I know the them too core. they were on that label yeah, as well so like Full of Hell and Jesus Peace all like put out releases on that <laughs> yeah, label yeah, yeah. and it was just like one of those th I mean, we don't give a shit but it's quite funny it was like a hardcore like suburbs of Pennsylvania record label and uh like the guy uh John like wanted to print vinyl but he was also like you got taught like yeah I'll put it out but you got to get here and we are like kind of like will you so he owns a merch his main hustle in life is he runs a screen printing business oh, okay. and it's really quite impressively successful and they have like 30 employees and yeah. they do the thing and it's really 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 impressive to me yes. whenever I go there awesome. and um, he was like right I'll hook you up with merch like he did merch for us at cost for this tour like two bucks fifty a unit on like t-shirts and stuff do you know like he literally like didn't make a penny from it because he, he was like putting out a record like you know he did that kind of support of helping us he was like you come here we'll put you if you get to philadelphia we'll put you in my friend's place we'll do merch for like basically nothing to help 
support. He like really made it like yeah. helpful for us. And um, he, we, he was. I was like, yeah. Well, if we tour, you book us a tour. And he was like, yeah, sure. You know, kind of like that. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Tad has a life and did not help us book the tour. And like slowly, the weeks were happening, and he was like, just do it, man. What are you talking about? I'm going to be to the US. I can't do that. <laughs> and he was like, just do it. He was like, dude, I've, his hardcore band actually have toured in, I think, somewhere between 40 and 50 countries. Oh, wow. They've played in like the UAE. They've played in South Africa. They've played in Russia. They've played in like, honestly, like they've gone out. They've done like Asia. They've done everything. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and his mentality is just do it yourself. Like wherever you go in the world, there's music. So he just goes, okay, I will find the one place or like one of the bars or like music venues in Madagascar that does shows. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they're there playing to kids, so like slinging merch and doing their thing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, right. And everything they made from money in the band, they would save up, they would put into a thing and then they'd be like, cool, this is going to fund our flight to It was wild. <laughs> yeah. They play like, their, their music, sorry, don't know if you listen to this, their music kind of sounds like Limp Bizkit without the rapping. In my eyes, with screaming instead of. Oh yeah. But I, that's. I can like, see that being fun, man. I. Like, yeah, John would hate me yeah, saying that, but yeah. I think it's like it's like. Yeah. It's like pure hardcore, you know. Yeah. And uh, they're good at their thing, and yeah, and I guess they toured behind one EP for like sure. seven years or something. Damn. Yeah, they just did it. Yeah, it, right. And I think that helped him with like a screen printing company, where it was like. Okay, I've toured for like 10 years. I know all these bands that want merch. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. That's one of the coolest things about music, just meeting people and oh, yeah. having a cool, weird, random social circle in random cities or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he literally just like helped us out there. Uh, we booked the tour, just disclosure. He helped us like one, one show. But it was also like, I think that was really valuable. Mm-hmm. That was so valuable just to be like, yeah, just do it yourself man like, I'm not gonna help you like just do it and mm-hmm. it's like whoa but how yeah. and then you start just to delve into it and you figure it out like logistics yeah. and things that's where the compartmentalizing comes in sure you know like cause it seems very complex like at face value like when you're getting started you're like where the hell do I start where am I gonna go how are we gonna figure out you know lodging get our money together you know right. like our transportation but yeah it's like, you have an agenda do it one, one thing at a time, you know? Yeah, you can figure it out. And yeah. just like, so uh, John was a drummer, so he lent Ryan drum gear for free. Like, on one tour special, I remember we borrowed, like, our bassist sister's car. And, like, you know, we were, like, kind of put it together like that. And it was just, like, it was just so doable. It's, like, also, it's, like, lodging we just didn't take into account. Like, we don't we don't want to pay for lodging on tour, full stop. It's mm-hmm. flaws with bringing our sleeping bag. It's flaws if we have to sleep in the caravan, sure, that has to happen. Um, I know you did that. Right. Me, yeah. But now if I'm on like a four piece tour and we really have nowhere to stay, it is like 30, 40 buck motel. Yeah. Like now, but like back then it was like, we're not gonna waste a penny. Cause why would you? It's just somewhere to put your head and, yeah. and I think a lot of that's the funny, I always just bring up to freak out like my family and friends that don't get home. It's like, yeah, I just sleep on floors. They're like, <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you, what yeah. do you mean you're living in the van? What, you, what is this thing? I was like, well, you know. No, because sleeping is just closing your eyes. Do I want to be sleeping on the floor? No. Is it doable if, you know, you have a thing? Yeah, sure. So, and it was just kind of how we ran it. And it was yeah. a bit of a shock for me, but it was also like, yeah, you know, homes wherever you lay your head. If you have one sleeping yeah. bag, that's your bed. And you can create that connection with your brain. 
And sure, you could just be anywhere. Like, if I sleep on this, it's a wooden floor, which is one of the less fun places right, yeah. to be. Um, yeah. And I never invested in one of those camping kind of things. You know, those platforms. Yeah, those. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never invested in one of them. I think I might. Okay. Because why not? Yeah. That would, that would be a, make Quality it. Of life. Yeah, yeah. That would make it a little less uh, aggravating. Right. Yeah. But it's for me, it's like the day of tour, I get these things together. I don't pack until like an hour before. And I, I like a tour last year. I forgot my sleeping bag. I was okay. like, oh, damn. That sucks. Walmart does do it for like twenty bucks, thirty bucks. You can buy bad sleeping bags. That's quite cheap. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, good. so it's just like that. You can do it, and yeah. I, I think that's such a valuable thing because, like, if you want to achieve that end goal, it's not that didn't occur to me, but it's also just like, I think. I think a lot of American bands have that mentality, mm. and I think there's a quite a quick way of like, oh, this band that are two years older than me have been touring for years. How do they do that? It's like, okay, well they mine, like social media and figure out who's putting shows in places. Mm. For any bands coming up, you've got to find the promoter in a place. Just look at similar genre bands and look at who's putting them on, mm-hmm. especially bands that are low level, like not a huge. Um, and then you hit up those promoters. That's just the. Like, yeah. How do you do it? That's the way to do it. Yeah. Right. Then you ask the promoter, "Hey, do you know anyone in this city?" And they go, "Oh, yeah, this person." Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah that's, right. the, that's the secret. The network there. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's like you don't need the network. Like you don't need the quote-unquote connections because it's just like you're just speaking to people. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like just like how I hit you up to ask you to do this. It's like I literally just shot you a message on Facebook. Yeah, hey, like, want to do this? Sure. Yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm always down to do stuff as well. Yeah, right. right. Like, why not? So, exactly. yeah, I don't know. So that was kind of how it came about, and then, yeah, I was just doing that tours, and that was good and like fun and weirdly financially doable. Like, just keep the costs low, mm-hmm. and you can tour. Like, I think a Morky band direct hit wrote a really like we had the flights, but like you can get cheap flights you a few months out, mm-hmm. and then essentially channel like. Not big problem. We had to help with beat to beat Taco Bell, which was sick as well. We <laughs> ate that every day for like five weeks, oh, it's and the that best. yeah, it got a bit st- like got a bit like oh, we have to do this again. Yeah. But yeah, just like things along the way, the hustle and like Direct Hit wrote a really good article uh, on Noisy.com. Have you read this? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. So Direct Hit, Milwaukee band. For anyone listening yeah. who doesn't know, they wrote an article. This band, have you heard of Pamplemousse or whatever? The like YouTube band. I've heard of them. So I've heard of them. They like make a lot of money from YouTube, but more than that, the singer is the guy who owns Patreon.com. Oh wow. So he's okay. bank. They've got money coming out their arsehole. Like they've got money. Damn. Um, and they did a piece um, that was like on medium.com or something. It was like, don't expect to ever make money on tour. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like it's like just don't expect it. And they like did a breakdown of their tour where they hemorrhaged money in stupid ways and they lost like 40k on a tour playing quite big venues and it was just like and then everyone in the music scene like especially our scene was like outraged it's like what the fuck are you talking about like what are you talking about and it was like direct hit like that's which is a fucking cool thing direct hit were like no and they wrote like a breakdown of their tour thing where they're not spending stupid money on like stage these things this band have so much money that it's probably worth it them in the end to spend 100k on their staging that makes people like it and then just drives more YouTube and word of mouth but they can afford that right mm-hmm. so they lost a ton of money but then yeah, Direct It wrote hey this is how we do it and we go out 
and we just do these things. We keep our costs low, and then we have enough uh, money to buy our partner's dinner when we get home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I know it's sick. That's actually what yeah, they say in it. Yeah. And it was like, so if you Google direct hit, noisy, uh, maybe touring, oh, sure. you can find it. Oh, like, it yeah, it's a cool thing, and it just breaks it down. It's like, no, yeah. you can be a small man and go on, and go on tour and make money. And it's like, you know, you're not making fucking thousands, but it's like, yeah. No, I don't know. Actually, you can, to be honest. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It's like a thing where it's really important. I think it's part of the band's talk, a lot of American bands talk. Mm -hmm. And you guys have it easier. Yeah, it's just like five times cheaper here than it is. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, for real. It's like, that's good to know. Kind of easier. Especially yeah. because it's so. People complain every time they, uh, the prices go up. You know, like a dollar. Which I kind of get. I get it, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's whatever is normalized to you. You know, it's yeah, whatever right. your standard is. So, were you just kind of like, you go on this tour and you just decided I like it here, I want to stay here? I think it's just the acknowledgement that a lot of it's trickled down. A lot of bands do things, American bands do something, and then it kind of gets popular and then it trickles down to Europe, rather than the other way around. It's also much more financially uh, doable to tour here. Essentially, now that I'm here, it obviously gets rid of like yeah. one of the bigger barriers, you know. But, uh, yeah, it just... You can DIY tour for five weeks. You can DIY tour forever because it's so big that by the time you get back around the country, yeah. like there's so many places you can play. Um, but yeah, it just felt like more of a, I can do more of a thing with this than mm -hmm. it felt in England where it was just everything was more expensive and difficult. There wasn't, there's not like a DIY network. There are no basements. Oh, like, yeah. There's not as many DIY shows that just go, can't play here, we'll get some bands. The overhead cost is zero. We're gonna give all the touring money to the bands. It's like. You ask them to set up show naming often, it's like, okay, then you hire a hundred quid. And it's like, all right, so the bands aren't me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just more doable. There's, there's no Anthony's. <laughs> no, no, there's not. There's, there's, there's not no as Anthony's. Many. There's a few, I mean, right. there, but it's not as many. Like that yeah. attic show thing would never, I've never played an attic show in England. For anyone listening who doesn't know, Anthony puts on attic shows in his attic Maria. where it's 100% going to cave in mm -hmm. uh, because we've had like a hundred people oh, yeah. in this tiny attic. And yeah, it's like real dangerous. I've been it's 100% dangerous. I went to the Clem show. That, yeah, uh, I played bass on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Uh, in March, I believe. Yeah, that was insane. I was, yeah. a, I was like literally like freaking out that like Anthony's floor was gonna just. 100%. But that was a really amazing show, though. Um, that was a, just first year Curse played that night, too. I loved them. That was a. Full energy, full energy, fully packed. Like I think that was that was his only five band bill he ever had, full. and and they had to start charging was, at the door. Yeah, that's was, so much for an attic show. It was five bands, wild. Yeah, it was insane. I remember like, I filled in for bass on Cle uh, for Clem, uh, Corey from Clem fills in for me on yeah, bass. Yeah, so like, I'll do the opposite. Shout out to um, Corey. Shout out to Corey, good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, who's helped me a lot, played a lot of bass in my band. So I did the same thing, but I just remember like Joe, the singer at Clem, like in the instrument, just looking at me going like, the, what the <laughs> yeah. It was wild, yeah. it was wild. I was like, shit, this is pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> why'd you, so why'd you pick Milwaukee? Um, I just didn't have any plans. Like I was doing these DIY tours where I was sleeping in floors in random cities. So it was just, I was, I had no home base. Like I didn't care. I was just like, I'm just gonna be here and I'm lucky enough that I've toured enough where I have certain good friends in certain places that are like, are also musicians and have slept on floors and are happy to go. You know, also sofas. You sleep on sofas a lot. Mm -hmm. I'd say each tour's 50 50 at this right. point. When you have more band members, it's less sofa. Yeah. That's, you know, there's only like two and you have to just. 
uh, tonight, you know, last yeah. night I had this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I had friends that are just like happy to hang out for a bit. I don't want to impose them on them like full term, but it's like, oh, you want to crash on mine for three days? Cool. So like, I was doing that a lot and I was just bouncing around and just doing it. Eventually gets a bit tiring. Uh, also, so my plan was I bought a used van and came here and was touring. And so I stuck, I took the benches out. I left them with John at his screen printing way, which he still hates. <laughs> he hate, I think he hated that, but he pulled me a solid. It was like in a trailer outside. Yeah. And so I took out the back bench and put a mattress, just like a mattress in there. So it was like, oh, I can sleep here if need be. Mm-hmm. And it's like cozy and it's fine. As long as it's not too cold, you can do it. Um, and yeah, I left them. It was funny, actually, I picked up a bench because I had a bigger van on this last tour. And I picked up an extra bench from okay. the Philadelphia from the trailer and like the lock was busted open and I was like he was like yeah someone broke into that recently I was like whoa what did they get he was like no they went in that trailer and were like what the fuck is this bullshit didn't take anything out it was just like a hodgepodge of absolute bullshit like my van benches no robber's gonna take van benches what are you gonna do with like specific man Chevy so yeah they broke in and then they're like what is this shit and like I was like went in and I was like broken I was like okay my benches are still here so this yeah. is fine so uh, yeah and then um, and Alex who plays in Brave You and Telethon uh, was just like oh, yeah. a friend of mine both like, good bands yeah good both bands. great bands and uh, he was just like you can, if you need someone to stay in the States you can come crash for as long as you want and I was like the usual thing when my friends say that I'm like yeah I'll crash for like three or four days like you know because that's when you're wanted right and then it's like you don't want to I don't know overstay your welcome yeah right yeah. but then Alex was really like dude this person like slept at our house for like two months earlier this year because he just like stayed or stuck around <laughs> yeah. like, and it was someone from a different country as well so it was like mm-hmm. oh interesting and uh, I, I kind of knew that he kind of meant it a bit more and I was like okay and I just had fun here and then went on tour, came back, went on tour, came back, and eventually it was just like, oh, I guess I kind of live here now, and then, yeah, and then a year ago I signed a lease to rent an apartment, and that was where I was like, oh, I actually live here now. Good. Pretty crazy. So yeah, that's the middle middle to long length version of it, Very but good. yeah, hopefully that explains it. Yeah, it certainly does, and you live uh, right in Bayview, like right by the Highbury, right? No, I actually live on the east side. Oh, oh, I thought, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I lived in Bayview. Alex lived in Bayview. I see. I actually commute to the hybrid. Oh, damn. Um, because, like, when I first crashed on Alex's floor, I would go there a lot because it was a short, short walk away. Yeah. And uh, I just had that that thing, you know? I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, no man's close to me, which is another soccer club. I was like, nope. I have a thing. It's like, I've always said to my friends, I refuse to watch. I'm happy to go to No Man. And it's like, people there are cool, sure. Yeah. But it's like, I refuse to watch soccer during soccer hours at the No Man. Like, my loyalty is ironclad. Like, oh, yeah. No, like, have to. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I have yeah. to commute there, which is really frustrating because a lot of the time I drive there and then I get drunk and obviously I can't drive home. So I just like either get a lift from a friend or get an Uber if I have to. And it's like, I'll leave my car there. But what, well, my van? I've only got a van. That's <laughs> all I've got. But like, uh, I'll leave my van there for like three days because I'm like, uh-huh. just, it's there. It's like, yeah. I'm drunk, I can't drive. Cool, that's staying there. And, yeah, I don't know. So that's sure. actually kind of annoying. But apart from that, it's like, mm-hmm. shooting a video there tomorrow. Very nice. That's fun. For uh, which song? Um, it's a new song. It's actually called Milwaukee. Not to ham it up, yeah. but I wrote a song like a year ago uh, for a song that I wrote called Milwaukee, just about 
my life here and it's like a fun cool. song that I like so I recorded awesome. it and I like it a lot and obviously then it lends itself to shooting in local establishments and trying to like perfect yeah and I'm trying to like get cool Milwaukee people like famous Milwaukee people oh, to yeah. be in it um, and it's proven a bit harder than I thought yeah. I, I approached it with so much hubris like so much hubris I'm like I'm gonna try and get Yanis in my video oh yeah <laughs> that didn't pan, pan out but I'm still trying but I've got Bonnie Blair who's a five time Olympic speed skater oh yeah, yeah. but I, I, I wanna this is gonna go through I've been told yes but if this doesn't happen and this podcast goes out but I've been told that and yeah it's teach me speed skating so that's really cool that that's, would be cool I didn't even know she was from Milwaukee yeah right oh wow, that, that is there's really actually cool. a lot of pro speed skaters Oh, there's a, well there's a lot of like it's cold as fuck so <laughs> yeah the you can sky, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's why there's a lot of skiers too around here too right you know? damn yeah I mean there are some people that live pretty lo- that live low or excuse me they lay low right uh, in Milwaukee um, but yeah it's like they're around here we just don't see them that often but they are around here I don't think he's still around here but I kind of wanted to get uh, the drummer of Fall Out Boy oh, yeah. Andy Hurley who mm-hmm. uh, lived in River Hills in his mansion oh, but yeah. I think he sold it and moved somewhere else if the journal Sentinel is to be believed um, I want Gruber the, really? Gruber the, for anyone that doesn't know um, obviously a lot of people don't know but uh, he's like Dave Gruber is it Dave? He's like the sleazy better, have you seen Better Call Saul? He's basically yeah. the sleazy lawyer that goes, injured at work? Carl, <laughs> you know, and he's like, and his slogan is, one call, that's all. Oh my God. And it's that's like, so and he's soft. just PR central. He's like on billboards, yeah. he sponsors every sports team, and it's like, I want to get him, because he's a, you know, PR merchant, yeah, you know, right, but right. I, I think he's going to be harder. I want to get... I'm aiming high on this. I want to yeah, get yeah. some real fucking people. Totally. But even if not, it's going to be me and my friends getting drunk at the Highbury. I'm going to have like local really? bar owners like Terry from Roman Coin and nice. Joe from the Highbury and like uh, my friend Jeff at Lakefront Brewery is going to teach oh, me totally. how to make the fried cheese curds on camera. That's an important skill to have in this city. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's like my idea. We'll yeah. see how well it pans That'll out. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So, I don't want Bonnie to be the most famous one. I want to sure. high. I want like sports star oh yeah man but we'll see we'll see we'll yeah see. for sure Why? this oh. is that resourceful thing where you gotta like try like it's like I wanna book a five week tour it's like I wanna somehow make the connect like, yeah talk, you just gotta speak it into existence you know or yeah. bother enough people mm-hmm. <laughs> right well exactly it just it takes persistence it takes c- talking to the right people that can connect you right to be the liaison there yeah but yeah and it's just like I don't know, yeah, like, I mean, I, tr- I try to shoot pretty high, too. I know? mean, like, I'm going to be, I, I, again, I don't want this to fall through, but I have received the yes for this Bonnie That's Blair right. thing. I hope But I am going to ask Bonnie Blair if she knows any, like, ex-brewers or whatever. Like, that's the kind of spiraling yeah. thing, and, I'm, you know, that's hopefully going to lead me to end. Because nice. people enjoy doing these weird, weird things. Oh, At the yeah. end of the day, like, if you're busy, then you don't. But right. otherwise, it's... Well, I hope it works out. Thank you very much. You'll out. find out how it's worked out in awesome. February. Good, good. So, um, uh, so I wanted to talk about the music that you've dropped this past year. So, uh, tell me a little bit about Adult and the recording process. I know we talked about it for Break and Entering a bit, but I'd love to sort of hear about what was kind of going through your mind, like when you were constructing these songs, where you were at in life. Right, okay, sure. Um, so we recorded that in late 2017. So I just kind of didn't really have, like... A band here and I, I didn't feel ready to drop it which is a shame because you want to stay ahead of yourself if you're doing kind of creative endeavors not like 
stagnate, you know, mm-hmm. and like holding out for ages. And but I just didn't feel like I don't know. It didn't feel right, which sucks. Uh, should I've dropped it sooner? Maybe I'm not sure. But um, we recorded in late 2017 back home in England, uh, a local studio that was really this guy called Oz, who's sick at his job. Like, you know, you have local studios, but sometimes you get a local guy that's really good. The best. You know, yeah. yeah, he was really good, and it was really cool. And uh, we recorded. I recorded my old drummer Ryan in late 2017, before I like fully just was like I'm gonna stay crash on people's sort of flaws and figure mm-hmm. out in America. And yeah, it was a lot of songs we'd been bouncing around and playing live for a while uh, um, and some we had the main life but it was kind of like a bookend of that it's weird that it just came out like earlier this year but a lot of them is like some of my songs I think are the best songs that I've written I think Daisy Chain's good I think Gold Leaf's cool um, so like some of those songs I think I love probably Daisy Chain thanks yeah, man yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like that's going to be in the set list for a while oh, kind yeah. of thing you know when you have that so yeah I'm so proud of it it's kind of a bit some of the songs I'm like oh, I haven't listened to it in a while I haven't played live but yeah, that came out, and then it's like, it feels like a weight off my shoulders, or it's like, I honestly felt like, there was a point where I was just like, am I going to put this out? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a point, end of last year, I was like, music's overwhelming me too much, and like, I felt so stuck, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. and just the idea of getting together an album campaign and tour dates and all that shit was just like, I, yeah, it was too much, like, mm-hmm. I really went, it's like, New Year, I've got to figure this out, and like, it was like bad the first two weeks I was so stressed I was like this is overwhelming and yeah no so I eventually got it out and I was like okay I'm unstuck now now I'm just trying to write mm-hmm. trying to do as much as possible so yeah move it forward move it forward so on that note um, Bully the new song that came out tell okay. me a little bit about this song okay um, so I actually did three songs uh, which I put out once a month uh, oh, okay. so Bully's the last of three and that came oh, out sure. and uh I don't think I think to make a splash you need like an album album so like I don't know how I like, heard it was but that's fine I just recorded three albums I like went to someone's home studio in Nashville and recorded some songs and Bully was one of them I've like only been able to write on piano this year I think I'm bored of guitar I think I've done yeah like I think it's an instrument I know well yeah and then I think you struggle to get the excitement so like learning piano has been my excitement so I wrote, I wrote three songs on piano and uh, yeah, then I recorded them, and a lot. Some of them took a turn that was away from piano, but it was mm-hmm. like a bully was one that stayed on piano. It just made it became really hard synthy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like a weird piano-y Latin-y thing, and yeah, I quite like. I, that song didn't come out how I thought it would. Actually, um, it was meant. To, I wanted it to be like a kind of plinky, kind of honky tonk bar piano, or like a kind of. Latin club like milonga kind of piano and then like a double bass and like have that groove because it's like and it's like the groove and I wanted it to be really like kind of earthy and like corner of a dark club on a random night but then we didn't have a piano that was in tune (laughs) on us at that home so it was like okay so we ended up going with my keyboard and it came up real synthy and I hit the drums really fucking hard really hard um really really they, I said it to my old drum Ryan he was like yeah you hit them and they stayed hit and I was like <laughs> I hit them really hard and then like halfway through I was like oh but I kind of wanted the chill piano thing and the engineer was like have you heard these drums and I was like yeah we can't do that like <laughs> we can't do that um, so yeah no it's a weird and synthy but it was nice to do the other two songs are quite chill so this was like the aggressive yeah. one I think. what were the other two again? 
uh, Acquaintances, Friends, Love Ends, which is one title. It's like a weird song with like a country influence, and then uh, Malady, which is like a broody indie song with Altman. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was okay. three just random songs. I think uh, just I need to just keep moving. Like I said, like yeah, yeah keep removing. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want him in my video as well. Charlie Barons from oh, the yeah. Manitowoc Minute. I that I'm trying to get him. I have a list. Like oh, I bet we'll you see. Do. We'll see. How, <laughs> like I said, we'll check back in February, which yeah, is in like will. two and a half months' time, yeah. and we'll know. We'll know. Damn. This is my project you're, at the moment. You're, dude, you're shooting high though. I can't fucking sleep sometimes. I'm just like buzzing. I'm like, I need to get this person, this uh, person. But that's, I mean, that's a that's a really good instinct to have though, you know, to, to aim really high and even if you don't hit the high, like at exactly where you're aiming for, you can still hit something that's right. also really fucking cool. Yeah, and opens up avenues that you didn't expect exactly. in a weird way. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to get Yanis. Yeah. I was fucking trying. And then it was like, uh, well, I can ask him, but, you know, we don't know whether it'll work. Um, and then, but it was like, but I can get you Bonnie Blair, who was a name on my list. And I was like, cool. So that was kind of like a side thing where it was like, okay, that went through. But I'm still thinking big, man. I don't want to yeah. know, like, who else is from here? Dude, I have, uh, I have Tony Evers on my list of people I want to talk to. Who's that? that? The governor. Oh, the governor. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he beat Scott Walker, right? Is he that he did, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Interesting. Yeah, I I mean, hey. Is he the governor of Wisconsin or the... Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I, see, he is my... Uh, I, I want to aim to get him to talk to him at some point. But in my... I might have a connect with that. I might actually... Should I add him to my list? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you do enough, drink enough at the high. I'll write that down later. Okay. Um, you drink enough at the hybrid and you meet people. I imagine you And do. then you can get on the table and be like, hey, you know, you know, you work in politics, cool, yeah. you can help me meet this side. Right. Try that. Exactly. I know, I mean, I know a couple politicians that I'm, I imagine are connected with them. So it's like, you know, you know, you kind of work it. for the podcast? Yeah, you work your way up the ladder. Cool. Someday I'll, I hope to have Tony Evers on Mr. Nice Guy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, no, seriously, like, yeah. you know, Mark Maron yeah. started inviting, uh, like, some comedians, and then eventually he's like, well, I've got Barack Obama now, who was the mm -hmm. president at the time. Yeah. And it's like, you never know, man. You gotta, yeah, exactly. You got AI, you know, and Tony Evers, I'm probably not going to be able to get it, but you know what? I'm going to ask now. So. <laughs> hey, good, man. Man. hey, appreciate it. Well, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. cool to kind of bring people of, like, high profiles into a format that's like fun, you know, where it's just, where I'll just having a I good mean, time. Most of the video is going to be me drinking the highbury with some friends. That's so, the most fun yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? so it's like, right. but anyway, yeah. sorry, it's just so on my mind right now. Like that's my project over the next two weeks. Oh, yeah. So it's like, that's why I'm talking about, it's just so forefront of my mind, like music. It's weird when you set yourself on like a project like this or tour booking or whatever it might be, the music gets lost, which does, sucks, yeah. but then you have to. Right, 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 right. Too, you know, but yeah, exactly, yeah. for sure. So going into 2020, I guess, like, yeah, mm -hmm. what are you uh, hoping for, like, writing-wise? Like, are you uh, actively working on new material? I'm trying to. Um, I have actually an EP recorded, which is oh, good. that more EP that I'm recording the video for. Nice. That's going to come out in late February. Um, and then late February starts a five-week tour, which is mostly booked, which is great because I usually book everything last minute but thankfully I've got uh, my friend Dana in New Jersey helping me out which awesome. is cool um, where are you going? So for US um, for US major cities like a loop around great so, and then we're also stopping by in South by for a bit 
for like five days. I might see you there. Are you going to go? I'm trying to go, yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Alan and I uh, are going to pitch. Uh, we're going to throw down passes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I hope I can be there. Hopefully I'll see you there if you are. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Austin, man. It's the best. You? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'll definitely be there. So, right. yeah, we're going to hang out. Yeah, we will. It's more wild sometimes with that stuff, you know. And we'll finally drink that Malort. <laughs> well, you can drink Malort with me whenever. You well, can yeah. To, I'm going to drink Malort at the hybrid tomorrow morning, so yeah. you're on the Malort. I could do it anytime. I should have brought Malort. <laughs> I should have brought Malort to this. You did suggest that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, if you're listening from abroad, uh, Malort is a really, really horrible alcoholic beverage that originates, uh, it's meant to be a Swedish liqueur, but I it tastes like gasoline and it's like from around Chicago area it actually has got to a point where I like it but it's not nice but you know when you just break through that barrier right. I actually like it now I did like five shots last weekend and I'm not a total alcohol I go out my way to not drink most of the time but then when I drink I drink hard oh yeah it's not good but yeah, yeah I had a lot of Malone last weekend and I was like dude I was like, oh <laughs> this is a good we were, me and my friend Nate from Teledon were like wow this is a really good back of Malone you know but it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like no it's all the same shit but I was like oh you know is this some 2016 2016 was clearly a good year for Malort you know evidently <laughs> well that's great man I'm glad you're working on you got new material you got a tour you've got these big aspirations for this video yeah sounds like you're going into this new year uh, with uh, a lot of uh, awesome material trying awesome yeah. hopes I want to write an album next year great definitely awesome man well hey uh I will uh, catch you down at the Highbury, and we will drink Malort, even if it's not tomorrow morning at some point. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely bailing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eamon. Um, I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Is it like how like, is it weird going back home? Like when you do? Uh, it's not weird, but it's so different. It's so it is America's really different. People think it's like the same because of the language and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm actually reading a book at the moment. Uh, moment called. Uh, if only they didn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> it's like a BBC correspondent who comes in and is like, we would understand America better if they spoke a different language because like culturally and mentality-wise and politically and geographically, it's such a different country. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel that like, I mean, on a smaller scale, but like when I go back home to like where I grew up, it, like you, like kind of what you said, like it's not like, it's kind of weird just because it's like nothing around where I went like, Going back home, like, nothing has changed, but I've changed so much, and, like, I'm in such a different headspace that, like, going back into, like, that place that I once called home is always kind of, like, current me sort of, like, reconnecting with old me in a weird way. Yeah, no, I get that, and it's, like, yeah, I mean, you can be a world away, like, an hour away from here in Wisconsin. Yeah, that you know, is true. Like, America's so big. It's, like, think about it, you know, Europe, yeah. it would be, like, 20 countries. So, yeah, yeah, there's still so much of it I haven't seen. Yeah, right. All right, Amen. Well, I, oh, this was great to talk about uh, um, pizza and Malort and the Highbury and touring and uh, the music and the video and everything, man. This is a lot of fun. Cool. So um, tell me what keeps you up at night, Amen. Music shit. <laughs> music shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ever for real. What puts you to sleep, though? Uh, soccer podcasts. Soccer podcasts. Oh, any that you like right now? Yeah, I love like the Guardian Guardian Football Podcast, uh, the Totally Football Show, both soccer related. Uh, sends me to sleep. It's good. That's, there you go. Hey, stimulation. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, man. It's a lot of fun. Cheers. Adult, Bully, and uh, what were the other two songs? 
um, acquaintances, friends, love ends, and uh, malady are the two new ones. Found streaming everywhere. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Oh.